cut loose like an animal. Written by Crayon Confessions. Read by The Scribe Smith. Iboku no Hero Academia fanfic. Rating Mature. Creator chose not to use archive warnings. Category Gen. Relationship Aizawa Shota, Eraserhead, and Midoriya Izuku. Additional tags Alternate Universe, The Magnus Archives Fusion. Alternate Universe, Supernatural Elements. Hunt Deku. Werewolf Deku, but not really. Villain Deku, but not really. Horror. Interrogation. Aizawa Loki says ACAB. Attempted rape slash non-con. Not at all explicit. Has to be confessed for it to even be clear. Aizawa Shota, Eraserhead, is a good teacher. Midoriya Izuku is a little shit. Midoriya Izuku torments rapists and cops. Worried Aizawa Shota, Eraserhead. Midoriya Izuku swears. Hunter, Midoriya Izuku. Cryptid, Midoriya Izuku. Summary. Aizawa discovers some new behaviors Midoriya has picked up since getting kidnapped by the League of Villains. He's extremely fucking concerned. Who's asleep amidst the trees? Bats all the swaying in the breeze. But one soul lies anxious wide awake. Midoriya has been normal, disassociative, sure, a little gloomy, irritable at times, all perfectly reasonable responses after being held captive by the League of Villains for three months. But otherwise, he's been acting fine. He's answered all of Tsukuchi's questions. They determined that he hadn't been swayed to the villain's side, that he wasn't forced to harm anyone, that he still wanted to be a hero. All his answers were truthful, except one. Are you still experiencing suicidal thoughts? No. So he was placed on suicide watch, and besides the trauma and depression, he was still recognizably Midoriya. He was so relieved to see his friends again that he cried. He was still fretting over them. He was still... himself. He was understandably a bit frustrated with his lack of privacy, though, and his irritability over the matter only got worse with time. Aizawa wished he could grant him a little more space, but after everything that had happened, he didn't think his heart could take it if Midoriya got hurt one more time, especially while he was supposed to be keeping an eye on him. Maybe that's why, when he catches Midoriya sneaking out of the dorms in the middle of the night, he doesn't immediately scold and bring him back in. Why, instead, he just grabs his capture weapon and silently follows behind him. If he can at least let Midoriya feel like he's getting time to himself, then maybe he'll find it easier to relax. The kid deserves some peace. Except, 
The longer he tails him, the more dread creeps into his bones that Midoriya may not be merely seeking space. He is walking with too much purpose, almost an odd air of confidence, and he's leaving Yue's campus. Aizawa knows he should stop him. Even with him nearby, the threat of the League trying to recapture him is too high. He wouldn't be able to fight them off alone. Aizawa's stomach sinks when he thinks, especially if Midoriya wants to rejoin them. Yet, he finds himself unable to break the silence. A deep tension lingers in the air. He feels he has to know what Midoriya's intentions are. If he's really looking for the League, if his depression is so bad that he's searching for a way to end it, or if he's really just stupid enough to go wandering around while they're looking for him. God, what he'll do to the kid if that's the case. And he has a feeling he'd just be met with lies if he stopped him now. He does what he can to avoid detection, yet remains close, sticking to the shadows or swinging to rooftops. Midoriya seems to be going in such a specific direction that Aizawa only becomes more and more convinced that he must be meeting up with the League. But how? When Tsukuuchi asked him if he wanted to go back, he said no and the answer pinged true. Was it semantics? Had the League changed their name before Midoriya was retaken just to get around something like that? Did he just change his mind? And was it Aizawa's fault? Midoriya walks rather deliberately through a seedy part of town, and then just stops on some street corner that is conveniently absent of any street lights. For a second, Aizawa thinks maybe he's gotten lost. But then he notices he's actually watching down the street. And Aizawa's heart crashes. He's obviously waiting for someone, or something, and a stir of disappointment and hurt and helplessness mingle in his chest as he reaches up to grip his capture weapon. Just as his fingers touch the mesh, a high-pitched scream rings out from the street Midoriya has been watching. His eyes snap up, and he can just barely make out two figures in the distance. A man and a woman engage in some sort of conflict. He's seen this often enough to know one or both of them is probably drunk. There's a bar in this area, and it's on a brightly lit street with lots of traffic. Except that if you take the wrong turn, you'll have to walk through a dark, dangerous street. This street. To get to food, or else turn back. Most drunk people stumbling around for something to eat aren't particularly inclined to retrace their steps, which makes it a great place for them to get mugged. Christ. He has to act fast. He knows Midori will try to throw himself into the fray between his reckless urge to save people, paired with his current state of mind. It'll be hard to resolve the conflict and keep an eye on Midori at the same time, but... And then before he even has time to bring his eyes back down to the street corner where Midoriya stands below, he hears the worst, most guttural and vicious barking in the air. He's sent into a panic immediately. It's too many situations to manage at once. It was hard enough without some feral dog getting involved. His eyes snap back down to Midoriya, intent on getting him to back off and get somewhere safe before Aizawa handles the pair and the dog, and then he realizes the barking is coming from Midoriya. He's already tearing down the street toward the two, body low and jerking with each horrible noise he forces out of it. Aizawa doesn't even think before he activates his eraser and throws himself forward to follow. Even if erasing his quirk ends up leaving Midoriya with some pretty bad road rash, he can't get involved with this. But Midoriya doesn't trip like he expects him to. He doesn't even slow down. Aizawa's eyes are on him, and he's still bounding impossible strides towards these two. Even using a scarf for momentum, Aizawa can't keep up. The pair break apart at the sound charging toward them, both pausing to pinpoint the threat. 
As Awa determines only the woman between them is drunk because her reaction is slower, the man turns and bolts almost instantly, whereas she takes a few moments to stare, dumbstruck, before finally beginning to stagger away unevenly. Midori doesn't even seem dissuaded. He rushes past the woman, apparently after the man, which seriously calls his motives into question, because if he was trying to be a hero right now, he'd focus on the victim instead. Midori easily catches up to arm's reach, but instead of apprehending the man, Midori keeps up his pace until he's beside him instead. Despite the distance, Aizawa can actually hear the snapping of Midori's teeth echo down the road as he snarls at him. The man yells and abruptly turns down an alley to reclaim some distance from him, and Midori follows him so seamlessly that Aizawa has to assume it was his plan from the beginning, like he's hurting him somewhere. At least this gives Aizawa a decent chance to catch up. He changes direction, using his capture weapon to launch himself over the buildings that form the alley they took. He's sure the man will want to turn left to try and make it towards the more populated area, but if Midoriya is still controlling the guy's path, then he has a feeling he'll force him to go right instead, keeping him in the darker area. So that's where Aizawa drops down to cut them off. But Aizawa is still halfway in the air and still drawing out another loop of his capture weapon when the man trips. They're out of his range. Midoriya is on top of him without missing a beat. Aizawa swears he can see his teeth glinting behind a grin, grabbing the man's shoulder and throwing him onto his back while he screams, quickly moving his hand to hold him down by the collarbone while the other swings back. Aizawa's feet hit the ground and he screams, Midoriya! Everything freezes. Midoriya pauses, fingers, sharp, 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 not fingers, claws! still raised and rigid like he's about to shove them through this guy's skull. Nobody breathes. Some part of Aizawa knows he's not behaving the way a hero should, that he shouldn't just be standing there, weapon halfway drawn while his target just sits in front of him. Hi, sensei, Midori finally says, fingers untensing, lowering slowly. He lets go of the guy below him, straightening up in a very reluctant yet casual way. Whatever warped, twisted image of him his panicked brain had supplied melts away. It's just Midoriya. His fingers are normal, not claws. He's a teenager, not some wild animal. Azawa can breathe again. Wow, you're good! Midoriya exclaims. The excitement in his tone and the absolute admiration glinting in his eyes looks so normal and so wrong in this situation. I didn't even know you were there! Midoriya presses his foot to the man's chest as he speaks, preventing him from crawling away with a surprising amount of ease. The man claws desperately at his calves in panic, and Midoriya doesn't even seem to notice. Midoriya, he's at a loss for words. How is he even supposed to respond to this? What the fuck? What the fuck? What are you doing? Instead of answering, Midoriya turns his gaze down to the man. What were you trying to do to that lady, huh? You monster. I, I didn't do anything, he cries. Midoriya's lips pull back. More teeth. A sneer. Confess, Midoriya hisses uncharacteristically, squinting down at him. It'll be easier for everyone if the police can just lock you away. The man whimpers underneath him. Was that a threat? I just wanted to get off, he blubbers. Midoriya's sneer turns to an outright scowl, teeth bared. And why did you pick her? Please, I... Answer me, Midoriya growls, foot pressing down harder, eliciting another whimper from the man. Midoriya, Aizawa scolds. Yet Midoriya doesn't actually seem to be hurting him. He's breathing just fine. 
just scared. Because she was drunk! So you are going to take advantage of her, Midoriya accuses as he straightens up, eyes so cold and tones so loathing that it sends a shiver up Aizawa's spine. As Midoriya tilts his head back, it allows the distant streetlights to illuminate his face more. The light shimmers on Midoriya's chin, and Aizawa realizes that the dark patch on the front of his shirt isn't sweat, but drool. Midoriya, stop. I've got him. Go sit down. He gestures to a nearby bench with his head, gripping his capture weapon tightly. Now! Aizawa is thankful he's had years of experience keeping his voice even and stern during the most intense of situations. Midoriya's eyes linger on the man for a long moment, but Aizawa can see him slowly easing his weight off his chest before he finally relents and steps back, wiping at his face with his arm. Aizawa is quick to loop his capture weapon around the man when he sees how Midoriya bristles at his attempt to squirm away. He relaxes at that, giving Aizawa a placating smile, looking like his usual self. With a pointed look from Aizawa, Midoriya obediently plops himself onto the bench, swinging his legs out casually, like he didn't just get caught chasing a man down like a fucking animal. He still has that smile on his lip, but his eyes. He looks frustrated, disappointed. It makes Aizawa really fucking worried. Aizawa sends a text through the Hero Network to give the police his location and let them know there's a criminal that needs pecking up. Everyone is silent while they wait for them to arrive. Aizawa watches his student closely while Midoriya stares at the ground, seemingly deep in thought. Though the man isn't a villain to Aizawa's knowledge, Tsukuchi handles the case due to Midoriya's involvement, and, by extension, potentially the League of Villains. Aizawa hates to even potentially lump the kid in with them, He's obviously pretty scarred from his time with them, but he can't deny his behavior tonight was concerning, to say the least. So, after they find the woman, who Midoriya was so helpfully able to pinpoint the exact location of without even moving, take and confirm all four of their statements and arrest the man for attempted rape. They're back at the police precinct again, and Tsukuchi's asking Midoriya a string of questions, again, and Aizawa is standing by listening, again. This time, though... Instead of a nice, cozy office, they're in an interrogation room. Aizawa is watching a student from the other side of the glass, arms crossed, unable to give him occasional reassurance like last time. Except Midoriya doesn't really seem to need it now. When he was first recovered from the league, he'd been jumpy, distant, and tearful. But now he's weirdly comfortable, if not a little bored. What happened? Why didn't Aizawa see it? From the brighter lit room, Tsukuchi's interrogation continues. As he asks his questions, he has a gesture to communicate the truthfulness of Midori's answers to Aizawa and the other detective in the observation room. As subtle as it is, Aizawa is certain a clever kid like Midoriya will have no trouble at all picking up on it, and has warned Tsukuchi of such. Were you going to harm the man you were chasing? A beat. Midoriya shakes his head. I just wanted him to feel scared. Tsukuchi gestures. Truth. Aizawa releases a breath he didn't know he was holding. This is still bad, but now it's... He could see it as a coping thing. After getting kidnapped, Midoriya was just so frustrated with being scared of others that he just wanted someone to be afraid of him for once. As long as he's not trying to hurt people purely for the sake of it. Why? Tsukuchi asks. Midoriya appears thoughtful for a moment. People like him make everyone else, especially women, have to live their lives feeling like prey, he explains. I wanted him to have a taste of what that's like. 
True. Aizawa's stomach plummets. He has a particular guess as to why Midoriya may feel so strongly about that particular, especially right now. Tsukuchi seems to have a similar thought process. Did any of the members of the League of Villains sexually assault you in any way? Midoriya winces, almost offended. No. True. Aizawa is a bit relieved, and while he kind of wishes Tsukuchi would rephrase to ask if anyone had assaulted him, he knows it would be cruel to force that information out of the kid. Are you under the effects of a quirk? He hesitates. There's a strange twitch at the corner of Midoriya's lips. No. True. Do the League of Villains do something to you? Midoriya cocks his head. Do something? Like the Nomus, did they modify or alter you in any way that you're aware of? Midoriya's expression goes weirdly flat, like he's annoyed he's asking, or bored. No. True. Tsukuuchi pauses, folding his hands together as he considers how to proceed. Eraser had said you seemed to go to that street intentionally. Did you know the man would be there? No. True. Were you expecting someone else to show up? No. True. Each answer feels like a weight has been lifted off Aizawa's shoulders, yet his confusion only grows and grows. He can't put the pieces together. Why Midoriya is behaving the way he is? Is it not as new as it seems? Midoriya is openly expressing his boredom, leaning heavily on his elbow, glancing around the room for anything to focus on, scanning the scratches in the table, the stains on the ceiling, the reflections on the false mirror as Suguchi bombards him with a series of similar questions. The man beside Aizawa, who's jotting this stuff down, takes a long sip of his coffee, tapping notes into a laptop with one hand. The mug clunks dully on the wooden table as he sets it back down. And just by chance, Midoriya's eyes snap over to the particular part of the glass he's sitting behind at the same time. Little freak, the man mutters gruffly. He shouldn't be so comfortable. Aizawa scowls at him, but he doesn't look his way to see it. He's planning on saying something like, he shouldn't have to be uncomfortable around the police, as he begins to turn his gaze back to the interrogation. But then he sees Midoriya has straightened up, focusing on something. Excitement fills his eyes as he keeps staring at the glass, a grin on his lips. What is it? Tsukuji asks, not taking his eyes off Midoriya. They're talking shit back there. He answers with a barely suppressed giggle. Aizawa hears the man's breath hitch beside him. I can hear them. That's impossible. There's no way he could have heard that little thump or mutter. These rooms are designed so that a full-volume conversation can be carried without the suspect hearing a thing on the other side. Tsukuchi hesitates. Gestures. True. There's a thump beside him, the other detective apparently recoiling violently at the information. Bullshit! He spits. The sheer thrill that crosses Midoriya's face is disgusting, horrifying. It reminds him vaguely of the descriptions Ochako and Suyu gave him of Himiko Toga. His frown deepens. Why did that make Midoriya smile instead of flinch? And who did he pick up that language from? Tsukuji blinks. You must have pretty sharp hearing. Yeah, Midoriya half-mindedly responds, eyes still fixed on the glass. After a pause, Tsukuji leans back, placing his palms on the table. Let's take a little break. Midoriya's gaze lingers, before he looks up and watches Tsukuchi as he pushes himself out of his chair and exits the room, calling in a guard to keep an eye on Midoriya as he does. 
The imposing man who shuffles and has a kind of scrutinizing gaze that Izal would normally expect Midoriya to shrink under. Yet he merely regards him for a short moment before turning back to the glass. In any other situation, Izal would think the broad-eyed interest on his face was annoyingly cute, especially as his head cocks to the side curiously. Except that he's apparently peering through an opaque glass to make eye contact with a terrified man on the other side. Suddenly, Midori turns and asks the guard, Can I move around? Sure, he nods. Midoriya moves to stand up, and it's subtle, but Aizawa can tell he is trying to appear non-threatening, bracing his hands clearly on the table in front of him as he pushes himself out of this chair and takes the long way around the wide table to give the guard as much space as possible. Somewhat unsurprisingly, he approaches the glass, crouching down right in front of where the detective is sitting at his desk to be eye-level with him. You breathe really loud, Midoriya observes. Two quiet to sound truly casual like he's intending. I bet you're really bad at hiding. The detective stands up abruptly from his chair. Midoriya tracks him, rising with him. Fuck this. He crosses the small room and Midoriya follows him from behind the glass, eyes fixed on the man's face the whole time. Aizawa's heart nearly freezes when the detective crosses behind him and Midoriya's eyes cross over his for just a split second. He moves on seamlessly apparently watching as the man exits the room, not even sidetracked by Tsukuchi entering at the same time, and even correctly turns his head in the direction he starts moving down the hall. Midoriya lingers there for a moment, and Aizawa almost wants to test if moving will draw his eyes to him. But something stops him. It is definitely not the part of his brain that is insisting it would be a very bad idea to draw his attention. He is not afraid of Midoriya. He is not afraid of Midoriya. Tsukuji draws up beside Aizawa, watching him as Midoriya's face falls. His eyes dart over to them, but it's directionless. No recognition as they skitter over the reflections and scratches on the surface. He can't see them. Why not? There's definitely something weird with him. Tsukuchi concludes as Midoriya slinks away from the mirror and settles back into his chair, leaning on his elbow and tapping his fingers against the table. He's nothing like he was the last couple times I met him. Aizawa agrees. Tsukuchi crosses behind him to settle at the desk in front of the laptop the other detective had been taking notes on. Aizawa briefly wonders if Midoriya will react to him now that he's in the same position, but if he can see him now, then he doesn't react. I'll go back in there and ask him a few more questions, Tsukuji says as he reviews the interrogation so far, but I'm pretty much out of ideas. I don't really know what else to look for at this point. Aizawa just exhales, feeling similarly at a loss as he stares hard at his problem student beyond the glass. The assailant or the victim are pressing charges against him, and from what I've gathered, Midoriya didn't actually break any laws, so he's free to go, Tsukuji announces to the pair. Aizawa nods, just ready for this crazy fucking night to be over with. Thanks. Sorry for the trouble. There's definitely something bad going on with Midoriya. His mind lingers on the way he had his hands raised above that man's head, on the seething hatred in his voice as he interrogated him in front of Aizawa. But after everything he's witnessed as an underground hero who often works closely with the police, he really doesn't trust them to handle it anyways. It was no problem. Thank you for all your help, Eraserhead. We'll have someone escort you back to UA. 
Tsukuchi casts a subtle, weary glance towards Midoriya, then smiles at Aizawa as if to say, Good luck. Have a good night. As Aizawa turns to start heading out, he can't help but turn his head to watch how Midoriya's gaze lingers on Tsukuchi. That passive, empty, smile stuck on his face like it had been almost all night. When Midoriya finally tears his eyes away to turn and follow him down the corridor, that expression falls to something like disappointment, maybe even worry as he stares at the tiles moving beneath his feet. Curious as he is, Izella feels like asking him what's wrong would be so redundant. Everything has been wrong tonight. Though it turns out he doesn't need to, because after several long seconds of silence, Midoriya sighs and says, I'm hungry. Well, that's... something... That's probably because you haven't been eating, Aizawa points out. I've been trying, Midoriya shoots back with an amount of frustration that Aizawa's mind doesn't want to consider the implications of. He suddenly catches the way Midoriya is eyeing him, and for some reason, his heart jumps and he freezes. Midoriya stops with him, watching closely without turning his head. Aizawa's pulse skyrockets. He can feel his heart slamming against his chest, and he's almost too terrified to even question why he's so scared, because it's just Midoriya, what the fuck? But he's looking into Midoriya's eyes, and his pupils are blown, taking him all in, unmoving, waiting. Aizawa wants to run, to get away, but he's so certain that if he does, it will get him killed, and he's so frozen not even breathing, while Midoriya just stares at him like a predator. Sensei. Midoriya's lips peel upward to form the syllables, and Aizawa's eyes immediately snap down to see the fangs that were hiding and jerks back, slamming hard into the wall behind him, but he doesn't even feel it. Midoriya moves with him, and at first Aizawa's terrified prey brain thinks he's lunging at him, but he just straightens up now facing him with just as much intensity in his eyes and tension in his lips like he's trying not to smile, leaning forward ever so slightly. Are you scared? Midoriya asks, quiet, yet he can't seem to keep the amusement out of his voice, and his lips are definitely curled upwards in an ever-growing grin, making Aizawa's heart clench harder and harder at every sharp tooth revealed. Too many. Too many. Aizawa's mouth opens, and he's not sure if he's meant to reply or to scream, but it doesn't matter because no sound comes out. There's no air in his lungs. He just stares back into those eyes that are too wide and too focused and too ready, and he feels like he's going to cry because he can't get away. Something moves down the hall that draws Midori's attention. His head's snapping in the other direction, and air floods Aizawa's lungs now that his eyes aren't on him. His muscles untense all at once, letting him drop an inch or two now that he's not trying to back himself up the wall. Oh, it's you, Midoriya says pleasantly, not losing that intensity or grin on his face. When Aizawa follows his gaze, he spots the detective that Midoriya had antagonized through the glass earlier, mug in hand, frozen an awkward distance down the corridor as he notices Midoriya. You were behind the glass. You called me a freak, Midoriya reiterates, tilting his head, still smiling watching the blood drain from the guy's face. Do I scare you? Midori asks him. Why does he keep saying that? The detective bristles, even though he's white as a sheet. In your dreams, punk. Midoriya's grin widens, somehow, clearly about to muster a response. Midoriya! Aizawa interrupts, breathless. It's time to get back to the dorms. He tries to brace himself. His heart still shudders when Midoriya turns his wild gaze back onto him but it's not the completely paralyzing fear from a minute ago. 
despite how much he wants it to be. Part of him wonders if it's really, truly safe to bring Midoriya back there, but he pushes the thought aside, hollowly reasoning that Midoriya hasn't actually done anything wrong. He nods. Yes, Sensei. If you enjoyed this podfic, please leave comments and kudos to the original author. Thank you for listening. Reader's Notes Wow. Most of this fic was just me editing out the giggles and oh my gods, I had every five minutes with this fic. I swear, Aunt Deku was really something I didn't think I needed until this fic. I mean, I've thought of the Magnus Archives and My Hero Academia crossovers or fusions, but I always thought Izuku was more beholding than Hunt, but it fits him so well! Uh, okay, Hunt Deku and Beholding Deku, both those com officially converted. Never looking back. Yeah, it just made me feel all the feelings. Oh, Aizawa, we're no. <laughs> poor, poor Aizawa. And it's like we know from the shadows what's probably going on, especially with we hear the tags, like that Hunt Deku is. Yeah, he's a hunter now. Whoosh, that's gonna be interesting. Wonder when he's going to eventually feed. And how much of Midoriya is still left? Or is it just more Hunt now? Ah, those are good things to think about. Yeah. I really enjoy this type of stuff. Strange. I never curse. Really? It's only when I'm podficking. I'm not gonna put that in. Alright, um... Once again, if you enjoyed this podfic, please leave comments and kudos to the original author. And thank you! Thank you for listening. <laughs>